welcome to this week's episode of the Fortress Ponderings Podcast. We are confident that you will enjoy another episode that will cause you to pause, to ponder, and then to project. As always, we remind you to subscribe to this podcast with your favorite podcast app so that you can easily listen to future podcasts. Let your friends know about this podcast so they can join in on all the fun but important subjects that are discussed weekly. In this week's podcast, our host, Jim Poitras, along with special guest and son-in-law, Zach Farini, discuss the subject of building effective leadership teams. So once again, here is your host, Jim Poitras. This is Jim Poitras with the Poitras Ponderings podcast, where we pause, ponder, and project. Today, I've traveled a great distance to sit down with a very important person in my life and in the Poitras family, and that is Zach Farini, my son-in-law. I like to call him my son-in-love. If I were to look the whole world over and be able to pick a son, I'd want to pick Zach, so I'm very glad to have traveled three whole miles to get to their beautiful new home. And we're going to be talking today about effective teams and the culture code of teams, families, organizations. Uh, Recently, we did a Zoom call conference similar to this uh, for our local church leadership team. And we're going to go ahead and shift gears today and really talk about the effective team in a more general sense. Uh, Zach is a graduate of Urshan College, and he's going to explain what particular degree program he was in. And uh, just so glad to be here with Zach Farini. Oh, Reverend, it is so good to have you travel all this way uh, and uh, have you sitting at our table here in our new home. And I couldn't ask for a better introduction. Uh, As the Reverend mentioned, uh, I did graduate from uh, Urshan College with my degree in organizational leadership and currently um, mainly operate uh, or use that degree uh, within my local church, uh, New Life St. Louis, uh, on a few team levels, uh, work with our compassion ministry within the church, as well as our uh, four main events throughout the year, our Experience Life Now events, and love doing it and love being a part. Well, when it comes to the word culture, First of all, culture can be defined as the way we do things around here. And uh, I am looking for another son-in-law for another daughter that I have. And if I can find one that will call me reverend, bishop, coach, mentor, then he probably has the job. But until then, uh, we're talking about the team's effective culture code as a missionary for almost 29 years before coming here to St. Louis, I defined culture as the way we do things around here. And I believe that every organization, no matter where it is in the world, that organization, that team has culture. I think every family has culture. Uh, Every particular group that's out there, uh, a baseball team, a football team has culture, the way that they do things around here. And uh, 
In reading a book recently called The Culture Code, I noticed that the word culture actually comes from the Latin word cultus, which means to care. And I think that as effective leaders of any team, we do care. There are things that we care about. We care about ourselves individually. Couples care about each other. Families should care about each other. A team would have something that they care about. An organization, all of those particular uh, groups would have care as part of their culture. And I think that every effective team, it would also have things that it cares about. And when you know what your purpose is with the team and in life, everything that you do as a team, as a culture, should be measured in accordance with whatever the purpose is and be in alignment to that. And kind of going back to the book, Zach, written by Daniel Coyle, called The Culture Code, The Secret of Highly Effective Groups, uh, realizing that we are building a culture code. And in the book, uh, my takeaway from the book is that there needs to be three elements. One is shared safety. How do we express that we provide a safe environment uh, for the teams that we're part of? A shared connection. How are we connected? And also a shared purpose or goals or plans that the team may have which really answers the question, do we share uh, a common future? And one day, Zach, you sent me a text, a little video by text, I think it was, and you identified that there were three invisible, intangible indicators from the book. And I think you made it a whole lot more simple or simply stated than I possibly could. So what would those three things be? So just in short, the three things boil down to uh, are we safe are we close and do we share a future? Very good. So really we could ask about our team three questions. Are we close? Are we safe? Do we provide a safe environment? And do we share a common future, a common purpose? And going back to kind of that first element of are we close? And as human beings, we want to connect on every particular level. And there needs to be closeness with the teams that we, that we lead. And uh, I was reading concerning effective organizations. And if you look for a common denominator among all of the great organizations, you'll find that somewhere in your discussion, your interviews, and your reading about effective organizations or teams, almost without fail, you'll find a reference that says, we are family. In this particular environment, in this particular team, we are family. And uh, another word for that would be, we have chemistry. There's that ability to work together that we are, we are close. So when it comes to that, Zach, what do you think about that, that effective teams create that atmosphere where they could say, yes, we're part of this together, we're part of being a family. I know in our local church, we say that, that we're part of the New Life St. Louis family. So what do you think about that? We are close. You know, I was thinking about uh, teams and closeness or connectivity and how you can have uh, two of the things we're talking about here are safety and closeness. And I was thinking about how you can have uh, that connectivity, but not be in a safe environment. You can have connection to your teams, 
but not be safe. But I think more maybe what we're talking about here in the connectivity is a little bit of uh, vulnerability, is being uh, a little bit more intimate in our conversations and open with each other. And I like what Doyle brings in the book uh, when he's talking about uh, creating a culture that um, involves that vulnerability or closeness. Uh, He says, leaders first and often. Um, And I think as leaders, we uh, do have the responsibility in our teams to be the first ones to be vulnerable about shortcomings uh, and uh, things that maybe we don't excel in, uh, things that uh, we need help in. And so uh, it's very important that closeness or uh, vulnerability uh, to bring that as a leader to to our teams uh, if, if we want to see them effective. I think that that word vulnerability seems to be a word that is used quite a bit with leadership and organizations lately. So what do you think about what is the meaning of the word vulnerability when it comes to an effective team? Is there a time that you actually share too much, too little, that you over-communicate concerning things that are vulnerable? It's a tough question. I think that um, it's a situational uh, idea, and we have to be careful not to delve too deep into uh, what's going on maybe in personal aspects of our life. But as far as a team being open and honest, uh, I would say uh, maybe there isn't going too far if it's a discussion that uh, the the team needs to have, um, and it's something that is going to make the team better and more equipped to accomplish the overarching vision of the team. So we've kind of unpacked that, the first point, we are close, we are connected. Uh, Is there anything else you can think of, maybe an analogy or a word picture uh, that would go along with, we are close, we are safe, it's a safe environment, we're connected, we've got a common purpose. Yeah, so I was thinking about this and the idea of thinking of an electrical system within a house. And if you will, uh, just follow me here. Um, Leaders, as uh, as leaders, sometimes we could could look at ourselves as uh, outlets within the electrical system of a house. And so outlets uh, are provided power or electricity by a central location or the breaker box in a home uh, or you could say they've been delegated authority. Um, And their job with that delegated authority or power is to provide that same power to uh, appliances that plug into them. And so you can see all along here the uh, links in which we find that the electrical system in a house is very connected, is very close, as we want to be in teams. Uh, And uh, you definitely want that to be safe. (laughs) You don't want anybody getting uh, shocked through the electrical system. But as leaders, uh, with that delegated authority that we've been given, uh, we find that our teams come to us uh, for guidance, and they essentially plug into us um, on the level that we operate in. Um, And if you look at uh, homes, you can see that uh, per building codes, uh, they want your electrical outlets to be grounded or safe, if you will. Uh, in the case of a short circuit, 
uh, or electricity or power that is too much uh, for the outlet to handle, the ground wire or the safety of the outlet will direct that electric or extra electricity uh, in the correct direction rather than putting it out towards the appliance that's plugged into uh, the outlet. And so in that, we see when people do plug into us, our team members, those that we lead, if we're in a safe environment, uh, we're able to, uh, we are able to embrace the messenger uh, sometimes. Uh, one thing that Doyle does say in the book when he talks about creating safety is embrace the messenger. Uh, so I, I just, I love that idea that reflects don't shoot the messenger. Uh, and he just talks about how when people come to us in our teams with ideas and uh, with information uh, that we need to be ready to accept that uh, versus uh, putting it off and shooting it down. Um, and so it's very important that we create teams that have safety. Very good. I was sitting here, and as we say on the podcast, I was pausing, pondering, and projecting. So when it comes to pausing, I realize once again, for the safety of my family, any time that I need something done in my home, uh, because I have absolutely zero manual dexterity, when it comes to the electricity, when it comes to the roof, when it comes to something that needs to be taken care of there, I still vote Zach Farini, number one, to help with that. And I think that, Zach, you did a very good job of kind of segueing into the next point, which is we are, we are safe, that there should be that safe environment. Let's just kind of brainstorm for a few minutes on that. How do we actually create a safe environment on the team? What would be some of the elements that we would go ahead and pursue? What are some of the ground rules that we would have with the team that we're working with so that we can let them know upfront that this is a safe place, socially, psychologically, spiritually, that we can say we are safe. So as we unpack that concept, what do you really think that that looks like? Let's brainstorm for a few minutes on that. Well, the first thing that comes to mind is the idea that every thought or every opinion matters within a team. And so when you're sitting around your boardroom table or uh, in the place where you have your meetings and you're discussing these ideas and your projects and the vision, uh, you have to set the expectation for the team that every everybody's thought counts. Everything that's brought to the table, it is, um, it is desired. We want to hear it. Um, and, and so you have to set that expectation that, um, uh, we want to hear what you have to say. And I think that lets people know that, okay, this is a safe place. Um, and it's not just the leader's responsibility. It's also those people that are on the team to capture that vision, um, and to help create that safe place. Um, in responding to thoughts and ideas that are brought to the table. So would the team then hear everything, implement what is best mm. for the team? That's good. Allow people to brainstorm and, uh, you know, put the negative Nancys out of the room, uh, the aggressive people that are on a team that always have to say something about everything that's mentioned, kind of uh, just step back even from in my opinion, as a leader of a team or multiple teams, it's very difficult for me to go ahead 
and let the, the team express their opinion. There's a question that's asked. And as a leader, we're tempted to go ahead and just give the immediate response. But I've tried to cultivate in my leadership being one of the last people or the last person to go ahead and respond, knowing that if I speak too quickly, I'm actually derailing or leading the conversation in a particular way, and the team will follow based on the cues that I give them, and it would be much better to go ahead and create that environment where the leaders kind of speak last instead of always speaking first. Can you think of anything else uh, when it comes to teams, especially the ones that you're part of? For me, and we've mentioned this before, but on my team, in order to create a safe environment, I actually use terminology like this. What is said in this room stays in this room. This is a safe place. You are free to say whatever you feel in the right spirit to say on this particular subject. I don't want a lot of rabbit chasing, rabbit trails, but let's go ahead and speak on the subject. Right down to, as part of our shared language on the major team that I'm on, we make statements like, it's not new with us, it came from Brene Brown, but we'll say to our team members, your name is safe in my mouth. We are in a safe place. We're going to brainstorm about this. It's going to make its way around the horn, which means everybody in the room will have the opportunity to go ahead and share what they feel on the particular subject that's given. Uh, with the teams that you represent and lead, Zach, is there anything else you can think of in creating that safe environment? Well, one thing, just reflecting on a bit of what you said there um, with Brene Brown in the phrase, uh, your name is safe in my mouth. I think it's vital that as a leader, you take every opportunity that you have to model a safe environment. And so this isn't only about sitting around the boardroom table uh, with the entire team. Um, it's on an individual basis as well. And so when you're having um, conversations with individual team members and not every team member is, is there, uh, you have to model that same uh, priority of safety in your conversation. I think sometimes as leaders, we, we are not diligent in our conversation. Uh, and maybe we're only diligent when we're in the office or um, we're around the boss or the entire team. Uh, but we have to model that every opportunity that we get, um, that idea of safety, and show that we're committed to it, whether it's a one-on-one -on -one or if it's the entire team. And I think that's huge. And people see that. Your team members see that. They know that uh, if, I've mentioned, if I mentioned this to them and they talk to me about something else, they know uh, that things may not be as safe as what we uh, thought they could have been. Uh, listening to you talk, Zach, it reminds me of a certain thing. I think sometimes as a leader, we're quick to go ahead and speak. Now, you didn't do that, but it would be easy for me to kind of cut in while you're trying to express yourself and go ahead and speak on some other uh, topic hopefully closely related to what we're discussing today. So I've been sitting here wondering this, and uh, I apologize for the personal reference, but recently we were together somewhere, and uh, I think there was a safe environment going on. I can't remember exactly who was in the room, 
But I noticed that there were two different times that you tried to express an opinion and literally cut off in the beginning few words of what you said. And later on, I would say, Zach, I think you were going to say something. So this is the question I have about that type of thing, because I think we all could do a better job listening. And sometimes I hate being cut off in the middle of a sentence, but I sometimes see that I'm also part of the guilty party or the guilty parties. So how do you cultivate habits of listening while also trying to cultivate a culture where there's synergy, where there's this free flow of communications. I've actually picked up two books recently on listening. I think I read part of one. There's still the other one sitting on my shelf. So I think I could go back to those books and learn a lot about listening. But I think you're a very good listener. So comment about that. How do you find that balance? Because you also are very good in social interaction, communicating with people. The balance between a free flow of communication, which you want to have on a team, and active listening to something that somebody is saying? Yeah, so I think that's a great question. I'm sitting here, This the first thing that comes to mind is maybe not something that's always possible, but when you're sitting in a team setting, um, you could always, always, always take notes. If there's something that pops into your mind that you want to mention, write it down on the piece of paper so you can Very good. so you can continue to follow the conversation i think uh, and and i would say in a regular conversation a one on one where you don't have you know a notepad uh, maybe if there's an idea that pops into your mind and you can't remember it towards the end of the conversation just let it go it's not that important for you to cut someone off in the middle of what they're saying. And I think sometimes that's hard for us. We get a good thought. We have a great response to the first part of their conversation. And we try so hard to remember that, that we miss the last half where they already explained what we're thinking about, you know, um, and they've already maybe even given an answer, you know, or, or su such like this. But I think we have to be willing to, uh, uh, to let go of some of those thoughts. And if we can't bring them back, then we can't bring them back. I think that's excellent advice. I am a read-write learner, so I do a lot with uh, paper and pen. And I think I'm going to accept, accept that advice. Go ahead and write those things down. Give the person the opportunity to express himself or herself fully. Also notice that on every team, there probably are people that are more passionate about certain things. And for me, the level of passion that someone demonstrates, emulates, could bring synergy to the team and to me, or it can cause me to just kind of step back because they're coming on so strong uh, with our particular team. And uh, I'm a number three on the Enneagram. So image is very important. Achievement is very important. But I'm also a perfectionist. So I want uh, something to be done. I want it to be done now, but I want it to be done right and in order to create a safe environment on my team, when a mistake happens, I want a team member to take ownership of the mistake. And then my typical response is going to be this almost every time when a mistake happens. The person apologizes for the mistake. I mean, what else is left to say? So I simply say, look, everybody makes mistakes. 
let's just not make a culture of making mistakes. Because I think we can hide under that umbrella. Everybody makes mistakes. Everybody makes mistakes. No team is perfect. Well, I get it. But let's not make a culture of making mistakes. Let's make a culture of coming up with very good decisions. Recently, somebody mentioned to me whether or not I would like to have an Apple Watch. And obviously, I'm not preaching against Apple Watches. I'm not teaching against Apple Watches. I don't feel bad about those who have Apple Watches. I don't feel jealous of those that have Apple Watches. And I'm not promoting Apple Watches on this particular podcast episode. But I gave some thought to that. I'm like, "Mm, probably not good for me because I know that I would be in a meeting. That watch is going to make a sound and I'm going to be looking at a person. And all of a sudden, I'm going to look at my watch And I've just sent a message to that team member, that team player, that my watch, what's happening on my watch is more important than what you're saying. I literally tried to go into a meeting and turn over my cell phone because I know that it's important that my team understands we are closed, this is a safe environment, and they are the most important people in the room. So I turn it over because I know that every time that a text message is going to come up, I'm going to look down at the text. I'm probably going to pick up the phone and answer the the text. Also have a way on my phone that if I get a telephone call, now if it happens to be my boss, I may very well need to answer that call. But otherwise, I'll push that button that on my phone says, I'm in a meeting, can I call you later? Please text. Uh, I think that that helps create safety on a team. Uh, Years ago, while I was a missionary in Ghana, I picked up on a concept which said walk slowly through the crowd, which means, you know, take time to stop and smell the culture roses, uh, the team roses, the church roses, if you can express it that way, and don't just rush because my personality is type A, like... The kingdom of heaven suffereth violence, and the violent will take it by force. Excuse me, I've got work to do. No, slow down and treat people as if they are the most important people there because they are the most important, and the interactions that we have are very important. The third point that this author made was having that shared vision, that shared purpose, And I didn't come to the table thinking so much about that uh, this evening. But do you have anything to say about that shared purpose? For me, it's important to know what is the purpose of the team? What is the why that we've bought into? What's the common vision that we have so that we can measure everything, including the calendar events for our team, through that shared vision And if we don't have a vision, not only will the people perish, but the culture of the team will perish as well. So, Zach, do you have anything you want to add on vision, a common purpose, a common vision, you know, the team having direction on the way that they should be going? I was reading, uh, again, referring back to uh, Doyle's book, The Culture Code. He, uh, in speaking about the uh, shared future, the purpose, uh, he encourages the reader or teams to use catchphrases. 
And I just love that because it just lightens up uh, what you're doing as an organization or as a team when you have certain catchphrases um, that are actionable. Um, and they kind of summarize uh, what it is that, uh, what the vision is that you're trying to accomplish and where it is that you're going in the future and what you're doing. And he says, they aren't gentle suggestions so much as clear reminders, crisp nudges in the direction the team wants to go. And so when you have these catchphrases in an organization, it really shows that we do have a shared purpose or shared future. And this is where uh, this is where we want to go. And I think it really brings, um, some excitement to the team when you've got phrases you can, you can use, uh, to connect with. I really like that. The catchphrases, the author also talks about artifacts, Yeah, you know, symbols that you can have on your team that will remind people. I think in essence, remind members of the team of the shared story that we have because everyone wants to hear a story, buy into a story, see themselves inside that story because it goes ahead and builds on the atmosphere that we want, that, that safety, that closeness. So I really like what you said about the catchphrases and we try to implement them on the teams that I'm part of, uh, one team in particular that we uh, talk about things that are marble worthy, that that earned a marble mm. uh, because we on our team and on every team, trust is extremely important to us. And excellence is also hopefully even a core value for, for the team. Uh, but we have the concept of two things, marbles and you nailed it. I've got this big black and yellow bumblebee looking button and it says on the top nailed it and you can actually hit it and it will go nailed it you know all this stuff and they know exactly i don't even have to have the bumblebee in order for them to get it i just go ahead and extend my hand we'll do that and i'll just go like that you and i'll say you nailed it or the other day for example uh, i was in a presentation a team member was given a presentation. She had asked for us to agree to hear her out. So uh, my executive assistant and I were part of that meeting. And uh, this particular team member, uh, her name is Ashton, but she from start to finish this amazing presentation on her portion of the job that we are part of, just from the very first slide it was just totally phenomenal. I can't remember how many slides she had in the presentation, but I totally bought into the first slide, the first picture, because it was so clear. It was articulated. We were in a safe place. We were close. We had a common vision. She was able to go ahead and take her presentation and tie it right into the why of my particular team, empowering others to serve and just did this phenomenal job. And I tried to go ahead and do what this author advocates or what good leaders advocate. And when she finished the presentation, I sat there, uh, the, my executive assistant, I asked her to go ahead and say something first. And uh, after Angie had completed what she was saying, I kind of moved the candy dish from the center of the, the table 
And I know that they were both looking at me like, what in the world is he going to do now? What idea is he coming up with now? Because I get ideas like every day, every time I step into the shower or wake up in the morning, there are more ideas that I have. But I cleared uh, the candy dish from the center of the table and I had already placed in my suit jacket pocket on the inside the biggest marble that I could find. And I didn't say a word. I just took out the marble and shot it across the room at Ashton, who had just given the presentation. And she knew exactly what that meant. Because we have catchphrases, we are close, we are safe, we have artifacts. When we see a jar of marbles, we know exactly what, what that means. And she just nailed it. And speaking about nailed it, Zach Farini, you nailed it. Thank you very much. This is the Poitras Ponderings Podcast. The Poitras Farini Ponderings Podcast. Oh, that's going to make the alliteration's not going to be there. It's not quite right. Oh, but let's just go with that. The Poitras Farini Ponderings Podcast, where we pause, where we ponder, and we project. God bless you. Build effective, safe, close, productive teams. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Poitras Ponderings Podcast. Don't just pause, ponder, and project, but also subscribe, share, and listen. Join us again next week for another great episode. Thank you.